loving kindness. The goodness of God is what leads to repentance, y'all. God is so good to us, he gave his very best. And that's why we have to stay in connection with him. And the more you connect with him, the more you would disconnect. I'm going to say it again. The more you connect with God, the more you will disconnect from everything that don't represent God. The problem in the body of Christ is we want to have two connections. You got to make up your mind whom you're going to serve. You can't have two connections. You can't have two masters. So when you connect with him, you will disconnect from everything else. That's when you know you're truly connected. I'm telling you, when you connect with the power of God, everything else change. Everything else change around you. God is telling the body of Christ, it's time to disconnect from everything that's not like him. Everything that's not representing God, you need to disconnect yourself. Because it's doing you more harm than it's doing you good. The enemy do not want you to see good. He wants you to see evil. So it's time for us to connect with him. So we can disconnect from everything that's not representing God. Now I know there's a word for somebody. Amen. So Father God, we thank you for the connection that we have with you, God. We thank you for your son, Jesus, that died on Calvary for the remission of our sins. Father, we thank you for his blood that was shed. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So God, we don't take that for granted. We don't take that lightly. So I'm thanking you for the blood of Jesus on today. God, I'm thanking you, God, that I am righteous because of him, because of his blood. God, I am sanctified because of his blood. God, I am healed because of his blood. God, I am delivered because of his blood. God, I am justified because of his blood. God, everything, God, that I have is because of him. In him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. So God, I'm so grateful today for your son, Jesus Christ. God, I'm so grateful today for everything that he has done for me, God. I give you glory. I give you honor and I give you praise, God. That we already have everything we need because of him, God. So, God, I thank you that we're already the healed of the Lord, God. I don't have to do anything from, for healing but accept the healing that already belonged to me. So, God, I speak right now healing in this room in Jesus' name. I say be healed. Be made whole right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you and I praise you, God, for your healing power filling this room right now in the name of Jesus. Every tumor in this room, I curse you at the root in Jesus' name. I say go in the name of Jesus. Crippling 
I thank you that every sickness and every disease in this room bow down in the name of Jesus. Mental anguish bow down in the name of Jesus. Go in Jesus' name. Oppression go in the name of Jesus. Depression go in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you right now. I come against sinus pressure. In the name of Jesus, I come against allergies. In the name of Jesus, I come against cold virus. I come against flu. I come against pneumonia. In the name of Jesus, go in Jesus' name. God, I thank you and I praise you right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we give you glory, honor, and praise in this place. Right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you for the miraculous right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you that people are being healed. They're rising up off of their bed of affliction right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that the deaf is hearing, the blind is seeing, the lame is walking in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise right now. In Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you that as I go forth in this word today, that your people's hearts are open and receptive to receive what you have to say. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And, Father, I thank you for my helper, which is the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let us go into the word of God and hear what God has to say unto us today. We've been talking for the past few weeks on grave clothes. And we've been coming out of um, St. John, the 11th chapter. And I thank God for the word that's going forth. And I pray that this word that is going forth bring change to your life. But the first thing that we have to understand is we have to recognize for ourselves that woe is me. See, the enemy do not want you to recognize what's going on in your life because he don't want you free. Remember in St. John, the 11th chapter, Lazarus was dead and he'd been dead for what? Four days. They were waiting on Jesus to come. But the problem with the whole scene was they weren't looking for resurrection in life. They were still looking at death. They were mourning over Lazarus. But when the resurrection and the life came in on the scene and called Lazarus forth, remember he said, remove the stones. So there are stones in our lives that need to be removed so the power of God can flow through us. Just because you are born again and just because you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you are not free in your soulish realm. Your spirit is what's free. The spirit is the part of you that got saved, that got born again. But your soul, your mind, your will and emotions, this is where the attack is with the enemy. This is where we give the enemy rights and we should stop giving him the right to do what he's doing because he's been defeated. So we see that Lazarus came forth, but when Jesus called him forth, just like he called us forth, He came forth bound with grave clothes. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. But through all of this, before Jesus even called Lazarus forth, he said, did I not say if you believed? 
So the whole thing is believing, y'all. We have to believe in him, not in ourselves. We can do nothing on our own. We have to work with him, with the Holy Spirit, in order to get done what's already done for us. So Lazarus came forth, and he had to get rid of those grave clothes. And we've been talking about grave clothes. And last week, what we talked about was jealousy. Jealousy is a grave clothes that we wear, and some people don't even recognize it in their lives. I gave you the fruit of jealousy, but jealousy is the root. In that fruit, you got hatred. You got strife, you got competition, you got anger, you got rage, you got murder, you got resentment, you got all of this fruit. And when you see this fruit, the root is jealousy. So God is giving this to you for you to recognize what's around you. And when you recognize what's around you, you deal with it through the word of God. I have to say this. Through all the teaching we're getting with grave clothes, I'm speaking this because this is what's happening. Some of y'all went out of here last Sunday and you act like it wasn't you. You didn't get into the word of God to allow the word to get in you, to get out of you what the enemy is holding you with because some think I'm not jealous God don't bring nothing in the room that's not in the room it is amongst you jealousy is in the room jealousy is a fear of being displaced meaning it's a fear of somebody taking your place and when you have the fear of somebody taking your place you become angry you become resentful you become competitive you bring strife in a room when you know all of these things that's when you say lord the enemy is trying to use me and i'm not going to allow this to take place and come on somebody you don't leave out of a church when god has spoken and not thinking that god don't need to deal with you Because God don't bring nothing in the room to hurt you. He brings it in the room to let you know this is what's happening amongst you. So that jealousy that's in the room have to be dealt with. Because if it's not dealt with, you're going to go back to the same pattern. One day is not going to uproot jealousy. When you know the love of God and how much God loves you, you will love one another. And love covers a multitude of sin. Envy want what somebody have. And that's a form of jealousy. So when you know the fruit, you can deal with the root. If you don't get the root and you're just dealing with the symptoms, that root is still there for the enemy to use in your life. It is time for jealousy to come out of the church. Because the enemy know he was jealous over God, y'all. He wanted God's place. And when he got a place here on earth, guess what? He don't want to be displaced. So what he do? He try to make you think you okay so he can keep his place in you. You cannot allow the enemy to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. It is up to us. God done his part. He's bringing this in here so you can recognize what's amongst you amen so today on saying all of that this is where i'm going because it's going to add to what i'm teaching go with me to exodus the 14th chapter i'm telling you god is a good god he loves us so much he want us battle ready 
Exodus, the 14th chapter. And I'm going to start at the 10th verse. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is this, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Now turn with me to the book of Numbers, the 14th chapter, verse 26. Numbers, the 14th chapter, verse 26. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation, which mummer against me? I have heard the mummering of the children of Israel, which they mummer against me. Say unto them, As truly as I live, says the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ear, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Now what God is telling them, what you have spoken is going to come to pass, and it happened. So the word that God is putting out today is what you put out is what you produce. What you put out is what you produce. Produce means to bring something into existence. What we put in the atmosphere is what we produce. It's what we bring into existence. The enemy knows that words have power, y'all. Words have power. We say anything that we feel like we need to say, right or wrong. But we got to understand that God said death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. When we go back to the beginning, we see that when God created the heavens and the earth, it was void. It was darkness upon the face of the deep. God began to speak forth a word to bring life. But the Holy Spirit was hoovering and waiting for the word of God, the word of life to be spoken so he could release the power of God upon those words. And when God said, let there be light, there was light. So understand that when you speak into the atmosphere, you're producing something, whether it's life or whether it's death. And the enemy knows that. And when I got ready to do this teaching, God reminded me of a testimony that someone had shared with me a while back. And I want to share this testimony because we got to understand that our words have power. We talked about anger dealing under jealousy with rage, and this is still part of grave clothes. This gentleman was having a bad day when he went to work early that morning. When he went to work, they started in on him. And he became very upset. And as he became very upset, he was telling me, he said, I already had things that 
I was upset about that I didn't deal with. I'm, I'm getting here because some of us, what we do, we don't deal with some things. We suppress those things. So when other things come up, it adds to what we already suppress, what we have already not dealt with. So he said, being that I had not dealt with those things, I start thinking about my wife. I start thinking about my children. I start thinking about the attacks that was coming at me through my friends. And he said, I was in my truck just thinking about all of those things. And as I was thinking about those things, I became more angry. And he said, the more anger I got, he said, I remember the gentleman saying to me that I was angry with a long time ago. That gentleman said, I'm going to kill you. So he said, by thinking about that, he got more angry. And out of his mouth, he said, kill me then. This happened a long time ago with this gentleman. But it was still in him. The effect of what the gentleman said was still in him, so it was stirring in him. So the attack he had early that morning brought back up what he did not deal with. So he said he went on about his day, and then about lunchtime, he was turning into traffic, and this car come up on him. And he said he wasn't trying to hit the car, but the gentleman that was in the car with his girlfriend and the two children in the back, he started screaming at him. And he said he was screaming, just fussing him out. And he was like, okay, I didn't do something that bad. But then the gentleman in the other car started just raging, screaming to the top of his voice, just hollering out. So he said he went on down the road, and the car was four cars ahead of him. He said the man got out of the car at the stoplight and was coming at him in rage. He said the only thing he could remember was he had this knife in his truck. And he was saying, come on, this is going to be your day. But this is the moral of this story. He put it out there. He said, kill me. The enemy put it in that gentleman's ear in the atmosphere to kill him. He didn't know the man for Adams, but that man already had a problem. But he said he could have died that day. What am I telling you? What you put out is what you produce. Now, his was coming from what he was suffocating. See, the problem with the church is we don't handle our business the way the word of God tell us to handle our business. If we did it the way God tell us to do it, we wouldn't have all of this anger and all of this rage coming out of us at a person that didn't do too much to us. We hold it, we suppress it. So when somebody else come at us, that stuff that we suppress began to come out of us at the person that should not have gotten it. So we have to deal with these grave clothes, y'all. This is very important. Don't think that you don't have nothing going on in your life because you do. Past hurts that you holding on to, people that you have not let go of that have offended you, that have done something to you that you hold in unforgiveness, when something else happened in your life, you're going to go after that person, and it was not the original person that caused it. That's why every day we say, God, search me. Show me what wicked way is in me. Because whatever you put out is what you produce. The atmosphere here. We have to understand that the atmosphere that you're in, you produce that atmosphere. And the enemy knows that. You can walk in a place and you can feel so depressed. 
and you're wondering, Lord, why am I feeling this way? I wasn't feeling this way before I come into this place. It is because this is the atmosphere that someone has set that they have produced by speaking negative things. The Israelites, every time they got in a situation, remember they come out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of them. This is what's happening to the church. We have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but we're still wearing grave clothes. We're still mummering. We're still complaining. We're still gossiping. We're still lying. We're still doing things that we should not do that does not represent light, don't represent the kingdom. So we have to be aware of what we are wearing. I don't know about some of you, but before I began to um, put on any clothes, I have to think about it first. Who think about what they put on before you put it on? You just don't put it on, even your underwear. You just don't put it on because you want to make sure it ain't got no holes in it. Come on, I'm just making it real. You think about what you're putting on before you put it on. You even see it sometime before you put it on, and you even remember what it looked like before you put it on. Come on. So this is what the enemy knows. You have to think before you say. Don't tell me. This is how it happens. You have to think before you even produce anything. Come on, when you own your job and they give you a job to do, you got to think about what they told you to do before you can make the final product. Is that not true? You got to think about when you're driving somewhere, which route is best for me to take. You got to think before you produce. You got to think before you put out. The enemy knows that. That's why the word of God said, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. You don't just think about killing nobody. I mean, um, killing a person before you think about it. Because the enemy already got you in a place where you saying, I'm tired of them doing me like they do me. This was like Cain and Abel. Cain had to think about this before he done it. This is why God began to even tell Cain, sin crouches at the door, y'all. And it waits on you. Y'all, I'm feeling it all in the room because let me tell you something. We need to quit playing when it comes to the word of God. See, we may go in there once a day or once a week. That ain't enough. You got to really go in that word and dig deep and say, Lord, deal with me while I'm in this word. I can't deal with nobody else, but I need for you to deal with me because if you don't deal with me, I'm going to put something in the atmosphere that may not affect me at the point, but it's going to affect somebody else. Your words have power because sometimes we go around in our own house fussing to ourselves about what somebody did or what somebody said, we go through the house back and forth, fussing, 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 giving the enemy enroll in your life. Don't appreciate what I do. Never appreciate what I do. Don't do nothing for me. Always want me to do for them who they think I am. I ain't going to be used like that. Ain't nobody in there but you. You producing your atmosphere. And whatever you produce is what you bring into existence. And I want you to check this. Did y'all not know that Satan is the prince of the power of the air? 
So he's waiting for those words because he can only use what God has created. God created everything. So what he's doing is taking God's creation and making it evil instead of making it good. And he's using the church to produce it. He don't have to use the ones on the outside because all of us know that they're going to do and say what they want to do or say. But he's going to use the church to keep the people that are not saved, that don't want to be saved because we're acting the same way they're acting and we're talking the same way that they're talking. What's up, dog? Have you looked up dog to see what that means? Look what you're putting in the atmosphere. Why are you trying to be like the world? You're in the world, but you're not of the world. You don't do and say what the world do or say. You are different. You're supposed to be a light that sits upon a hill like a city. And the whole world is supposed to come to that light. You're about light. You're not about darkness. You don't represent darkness. You represent light. He is the light of this world. So you got to understand the enemy tactics, what the enemy is doing. And guess what? We're allowing him to do it. In the house of God. We're God's people. We're the kingdom. And when God show you what's going on, when he show you what's in the atmosphere, we should be tearing down. We should be casting down every high thing. That bring itself, that exalt itself. Satan want to be exalted. He want to be praised. And we're giving him praise by what we let out in our, out of our mouths. The Bible say out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speak. See this gentleman, he had all of this in his heart. He had anger in his heart. He had unforgiveness in his heart. And he began to let it out right in the vehicle by himself. And the enemy took what he said and he delivered it to somebody that already had a problem. And that person was ready to kill him. And he said that day when he realized that words have power, he said, I almost killed myself. He said, because I let it out my own mouth. So God is telling you today. What you put out, what you put out is what you produce. If your house feels like it's full of anger, it's full of depression, it's full of things that don't represent God, it's because that's what you put out or what you allow somebody to put out in your house. I'll never forget my granddaddy, and I, and I talk about him much because when you would come into his house, you were not cursing his house. You will not disrespect him in his house. He will tell you, you got to get out of my house. Because granddaddy knew that words have power. He didn't want that kind of atmosphere in his house. He wanted peace in his house. When you have peace in your house, that's God's kind of atmosphere. When you have love in your house, that's God's kind of atmosphere. When you have the fruit of the spirit in your house, that is God's kind of atmosphere. If you ain't producing that kind of fruit, then you're working for the kingdom of God. And you want to do a house cleaning. You want to make sure that when people come in your house, that the presence of God meets them at your house. So whatever you put out is what you produce. We have to be so careful, y'all. You know what you're going to say before you say it. 
but we end up saying it out of our hurt, out of our disappointment. You can't take that back because what the enemy does, he ride on that. He used that for his benefit. So when you're jealous over somebody else, eventually it's going to come out because you're going to begin to talk about those people in a negative way. I told y'all years ago, I had a person that was very jealous. This person was so jealous, and how I know that was jealous, that was controlling, they were angry, they were competitive, they were uh, sow seeds of discord. All of that was around this person, but God was giving them love. But they didn't want to accept God's love. They wanted to have their way, but guess what? They weren't having their way up in here. So every time they would come one way, I would shut it down with the word of God. Didn't care if they still hated me, but I'm going to shut you down because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So the more I shut them down, the more anger they got. They would take people and take them over next door and talk about me. Tell people not to pay their tithes. They were sowing seeds of discord, but the root was jealousy. As I told you before, it got so bad, people were leaving the church left and right. Wasn't paying their tithes. And the word that was out was, they're going to lose everything. The devil is a lie. Amen. Because God will show you what the enemy is doing, so you counteract that with the word of God. I say, God, every word that was spoken out against this ministry, that said we're not going to make it, we shall make it. We shall have more than enough. God, you will take the little and you will make it much. God, we're not going to lose anything. God, we're going to gain everything because we're about your business. And what you have given me, no man can take it from me. So God had me to hear what the enemy wanted to do. But the problem was when you got people up under you that are getting taught truth but are listening to lies, then they're going to follow those lies. Person about emptied the church because of jealousy. But the church didn't stop functioning. Why? Because God allowed me to speak life in the midst of death. What am I telling you? And even in the midst of everything that person done, I still love that person. And still showing love to that person. Why? Because God is about love. God is about life. So anything that you put forth is what you produced, and it changes the atmosphere. So what did that person leave in the atmosphere? Jealousy. I'm going there. The person left, but jealousy was left in the house. And that's why God, when a person come into a house of God and you see people saying, I'm not going to give. Why I have to give? They got more than what I have. I'm not giving them nothing. They're driving things that I ain't driving. Where is that coming from? Now I'm going somewhere. I just wanted to break it down a little bit to let you know this is how you have um, division in the house of God. You got to know what the word of God says. Outside of what somebody else say, you got to speak life. You can't go on what people say. You got to go on what the word of God say. Even David knew Saul was against David. Saul was out to kill David, but David had a chance twice to kill Saul, come right up on Saul. But he said, I can't touch God's anointed. He knew the word of God. He said, that's for God to do. It ain't for me to do. So he loved Saul. At one point, 
He thought Saul was going to change, but Saul wanted David dead. Why did he want David dead? Because he heard them singing. David has slain 10,000 and Saul has slain, you know. So he thought, oh, they putting him above me. He's trying to take my place. He didn't do nothing with his thinking. See, he thought this. And all of a sudden, he was coming at David because evil came in. The enemy know if I can get you to think wrong about anybody and you keep thinking wrongly, then you're going to end up producing something in the atmosphere about that person that ain't true. How many of us get the wrong impression of somebody and we ain't got to know that person, but we go on how we feel because they wouldn't say, what's up, girl? But they said it to Teresa, but they wouldn't say it to you. So now you're saying they stuck up, they conceded, they don't like nobody, they ain't even saved. And you ain't even got to know that person. That person was not trying to treat you any different. Some people just don't speak to everybody. But you put the person out there, so now you got the body of Christ thinking, this person is stuck up. So everybody looking at the person is being stuck up because you produced it. You put it in the atmosphere. Then when you got to know the person and you sat down and talked to the person, you looking like a fool. Because that is not who that person is. That's who you perceive that person was because you went on how you felt because that person wouldn't speak to you. Do you see how you produce an atmosphere? Do you see how you get people to turn on other people based on how you feel? You don't go on no feeling. You go on what the word of God says. If nobody ever speaks to you, you don't put them out there like they're a bad person because they didn't say hello to you nor goodbye. You begin to speak the word of God and you begin to say, God, I don't know what's up with this person, but God, everything you created is good. So I'm not going to speak evil of this person. I'm going to speak good of this person. So we have to create our atmosphere based on God's word, not based on how we feel. Now, this is what God is saying today to us. We have to know about Satan, about his tactics. First of all, we know that he has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so they cannot receive this glorious gospel. So he want to keep them in darkness. But we have to bring the word of God so light will come, so they will have life and not death. Death represents sin, y'all. So when we're operating in darkness, we're operating under Satan's kingdom. He's getting the glory. God is not being glorified. The Bible tells us, that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. That's key one. We're not fighting against one another. When a person has got something going on in their life, you don't come against that person. You come against what's hindering that person, that spirit that's causing that person to operate that way against you. He said we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against what? Principalities. We fight against powers. We fight against... Um, powers of darkness and um, spirits of wickedness in high places. That's what we fight against because Satan come in ranks, y'all. He has his way of setting up his kingdom, but guess how Satan set up his kingdom? He tried to mimic God. Everything God created, he is Elohim, not Satan. So Satan is taking God's creation and he's turning it around for evil. And we're giving him permission to do that. It is time for us in the body of Christ to go into the word of God and do what the word of God tell us to do. 
God began to take me in the word of God with scripture I have read before. But the more you do teaching on certain things, like we're teaching on grave clothes, he began to tell me um, concerning Satan, one attribute of Satan that he tell us to watch for. Go with me to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.27, it tells us not to give place to the devil. It says, neither give place to the devil. But before it says that, it's telling us how we give place to the devil. And 25, it says, wherefore, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. When you're angry, you give him place. Place means you're giving him opportunity. You're giving him power. You're giving him occasion for acting. So he said, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Meaning that when you become angry, you recognize that anger and you deal with that anger. You don't go to bed with that anger because you're giving the devil an occasion. You're giving him an opportunity. You're giving him a place in your life to act. And then it says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing that is good that he may have to give to him that leadeth. He go a big one. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So when we give place to him, we let corrupt stuff come out of our mouth. You giving him occasion. You giving him a place to act. You giving him a foothold. You giving him an opportunity. Do we see in the body of Christ how we putting forth things, how we're producing things? We're giving the enemy the right. If you're angry, you're giving him a right to act. You're giving him the opportunity. If you're lying, you're giving him the act, right to act. What do you consider to be a lie? When somebody asks you for some money and you say you ain't got none, you gave him an opportunity. Why didn't you just say, yes, I do have the money, but at this time, I cannot give it to you. Amen. Why are you lying to somebody and telling them, no, I don't have it. If I had it, I would give it to you. Now your money is going to fly away from you because you're giving the enemy the opportunity in your finances because you're lying. So he said, don't give place. Don't give opportunity. Don't give an occasion to the enemy. And then he said, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Here's the cure. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. He tell you what to do so you won't give place. Y'all, why is this so hard for Christians? You know why it's so hard? Because you have given them a place, a place of a stronghold due to your way of thinking. Some of us are so angry and so stubborn and so rebellious that you know what you said was wrong, but you don't want to go back and say, I'm sorry for what I said because the enemy got a hold on you because he's making you feel like you're powerless if you're the one that say, forgive me. He make you feel like you're losing something because you're the one that went back and humbled you. God is about humility. God is about love. 
He's not about wrath. He's not about bitterness. And we get up here and we tell people how they should act. And we can't go to our brother and sister and say, forgive me, I was wrong for what I said. And we have to do it from the heart. We don't do it just to say, I done it. Thank you, Holy Ghost, because some of y'all do it just to say you done it, but you don't mean it. You praise him with your lips, but God said your heart is far from him. It's time to get it right in the house of God. Don't just do something to say you done it because you want to look good and the enemy still got a hold on you and you still got on grave clothes. You know that you ain't right. When you apologize to somebody, your flesh is going to cringe. Your flesh don't want to die because Satan don't want to die. He want to live through you. He can't do no more than you give him opportunity to do. I'm going to say it again. He can do no more than you give him opportunity to do. We need to quit lying to ourselves. When we know we wrong, we need to say we wrong. But we need to do something about the wrongness through the word. Come on, y'all, the word is telling you right there. How plain can it get? He said, don't neither give place. Don't give him an opportunity. Some of us gave him an opportunity this morning. We gave him place. How do I know? Because when we come into the house of the Lord, believers, we're supposed to be ready to lift our hands. We're supposed to be ready to exalt him, to give him glory. But we can't even get in our place with him because we done bought anger in the house. We done bought unforgiveness in the house. We done bought all of this stuff in the house. So it's just like a press to push through. Because those people don't want to let go of them. So he said, neither give place to the devil. When I was meditating on that, I have to look at myself and say, God, what have I gave him opportunity? What have I said? What have I done? Even things that I'm not aware of, even the simple stuff, God. How have I given him opportunity to do anything or say anything through me, God? Show me. And and this is why if I have said something to somebody, the Holy Spirit will check me. And it may not sound like it was bad. But the Holy Spirit said, go back. You fixed that one. And I'll go back and apologize. I said, please forgive me. That was not right. Why? Because I'm not giving him opportunity. That's why Jesus said the devil don't have no place in me. He don't have no opportunity to act. We give him the opportunity because we get so conceited. We get so high-minded. We get so proud. I ain't coming down. You don't tell me. I'm telling you. I've been here longer than you. You're going to bow down to me. That's what we do. Christian folk. Y'all, this is going to get deep. Because it needs to get deep. This is why we got churches full of this mess. Because nobody want to stand for God the way he need to be stood for. Nobody want to stand and tell them what the word of God say. Because people think, oh, you're going to hurt somebody. It ain't about your feelings. It's about your life. Second Corinthians two, verse 11. Here's another one. Paul was speaking to the Corinthians. This is what he was saying. 
lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He will say an advantage to gain or take over another. He was saying ignorant not to know devices, his plans and purposes. This is what Paul was saying. This is about when he was uh, telling them in 1 Corinthians 5 when there was incest in the church, when there was fornication in the church. All of that was going on in the church and the brother that was doing this, he didn't want, want to let go of that fornication. So he said, turn him over to Satan. See, I'm, I'm going to talk something today. I have to talk it today because some people think they can stay in the house of God and fornicate, commit adultery, keep doing it, keep doing it, and think that they're going to come in the house of God and serve and do, uh-uh, it's, it's, it's out. So they told him, turn him over to Satan for destruction. What they meant was they did it the way they needed to do it, but guess what? He still didn't want to be heard. So he said he got to leave the church. He got to go out of the church because guess what? It's going to spread through the church like yeast. And if it spread to the church, it means that if that person is doing it, another person feels like they should do it, and it's full in the church, full of fornication. So after all of that, they turned him over. So Paul is coming back in this chapter, and he's telling them, he said, you got to forgive the person. If the person is coming back changed and know what they have done, you have to forgive that person. Paul said, I have forgiven that person. He said, if you don't forgive them, he said, lest Satan should get an advantage. Lest Satan should take over. He said, we're not ignorant of his devices. What Paul meant was, I forgive when I need to forgive. Because if I don't, I'm giving him an opportunity. I'm giving him an advantage over me. He said, if I don't forgive this person, then I'm giving Satan an opportunity. He said, we're not ignorant of his devices. Paul said he wasn't ignorant. He knew about his plans and purposes. He knew he wanted them to stay in unforgiveness. Some of y'all say, you know about Satan, but you're still an unforgiving person. If you know about him and what his plans are and his schemes, why are you falling for it? Why are you taking so long to call your brother and sister and knowing you got out with them? Why are you holding stuff in your heart and won't go to them, but you go to everybody else? You're giving him opportunity. What is the opportunity you're giving him to feed you more fruit? He started feeding you. He's feeding you anger. He's feeding you strife. He's feeding you discord. And then he'll go take you to one person. That person don't respond. He'll take you to another person. And he keep taking you to people and people and people. And then he's gathering people together. Because you wouldn't handle your business. So Paul said, I forgave. Because I'm not giving him advantage. I'm not ignorant of his devices. I'm not ignorant of his plans. So that's why I don't hold on to unforgiveness. I forgive when I need to forgive. I let go of things that I need to let go of. So we neither give place to the devil. We don't give him an advantage. Because we're not ignorant. You're not ignorant today because I'm giving you the word. And anything that you choose to hold on to, you holding on to it because you're serving Beelzebub, the Lord of Flies. You're serving the prince of the power of the air. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Then he took me to another familiar scripture, 1 Peter 5, 8. 
Y'all, when God take me through the word, I get happy. Because I say, God, you showing me something. You re-educating me to let me know, okay, God, somebody must going to be coming up on me. Because you showing me something in the word of God. Now, he done gave me three witnesses. This is the third witness. First Peter 5, 8. Listen at this. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I said, okay, God, what are you saying? He said, I want you to be sober. Y'all know a drunk man, he ain't going to catch everything. (laughs) A drunk man ain't calm, is he? No, but when you're sober, you're calm. You're sensitive to the spirit. Hear what I'm saying? When you are sober-minded, Sober, not full of anything. You are calm. You are sensitive to what God is saying. He said, I don't only want you to be sober. I want you to be vigilant. Meaning I want you to be watchful. If I'm sober, I can be watchful. Because he's giving me a warning. He said, because, there go my because. He said, this is why I want you to be sober. I want you to be calm. I want you to be sensitive to the spirit. I want you to be watchful because your adversary, that's my opponent. The devil, my opponent, my adversary. And he even called him out by name, the devil. (laughs) If you didn't know what adversary meant, he told you, the devil. Is a roar, is as a roaring lion. He's not a a lion. He's walking about like a roaring lion. Why did um, Peter use that? Because when you see a lion, a lion watches his prey. A lion is calm. Because you know why that lion has come? He know that's mine. Y'all don't get it? Have y'all ever watched those shows where that lion don't make no fuss? He just sits there and he's sober. He's calm. He's confident. He is so sure. He's watchful. He's watching every move of what he's going to attack. That's why Peter used that. The devil watch you before he attack you. He don't just attack you. He watch you to see how you react. He don't just come at you. He watch how angry you get when somebody push your button. He watch how you're dipping in or tripping over to that woman's house. He watch. He watching you. Because he's waiting to pounce. He said he's going about like a roaring lion. He's watching. He's waiting. He's walking. Come on. That's what he's doing. He's doing just like this right here. And he's just calmly doing it. Y'all ever seen them shows, Jonas, where that lion just calmly walking? Proud, Kathy. He just proud because he know that's mine. I can wait, Jennifer. I can wait on you. That's what he's saying. I can wait on you. He's just doing it calmly. Because, see, he's watching your actions and your reactions, how calm you are, what you do and how you do it. So he's walking about like a roaring lion, seeking. When somebody is seeking you, guess what they're doing? They're reasoning. That seeking means that they're reasoning. They're meditating on you, trying to find out what I can get on you so I can pounce on you. 
So he's seeking to devour. Devour mean attack. Y'all don't get it? Let me say that scripture again. Let me break it down for you. Because we just say it just to be saying it. But when you break that scripture down, you can see what the enemy want to do. His plan is to attack you. But he got to be sober. He got to be vigilant. He got to take on God created the lion. So he know I got to be like that roaring lion. I'll give you an example. If a man or a woman know that husband is cheating and the husband lying, saying they ain't cheating, the wife say calmly, okay. Okay, baby, I believe you. And all alone in her heart, I'm going to get a detective. Liar, liar, your pants on fire, still loving on you, still going in the bedroom with you, still feeding you, washing your dirty underwear and everything else. Calmly. And going to the lawyer at the same time, knowing what your 401k is, ready to pounce. Because in their mind, they're saying, when I get the evidence, I'm going to attack you. I'm going to take everything you got. I'm going to drain you. That's what the devil do, y'all. The devil comes as an angel of light. He don't come with no horns on his head and a pitchfork. Lucifer was in heaven. Beautiful angel. He ain't coming down here on no earth looking like no red devil. He was beauty. Beautiful. That's where he want to stay. His beauty got him knocked out of heaven too. Come on. So that woman is just as humble and just as submissive. That's what the devil do. He turn nice. Mm-hmm. Until this is when the devil get violent. When you submit to God and you resist him. Oh, I'm going to help y'all out. I just love the word. I'm going to give you an example. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They wanted them to bow down. To that God that wasn't God. They knew what the word said. Have no other God before me because I'm a jealous God. So they went back and reported they won't bow down. So they let them know. <laughs> it don't make no difference. Because they knew God would save them. If they die, I'm still saved. Either way, I'm saved. So they told them, turn up the heat seven times as hot. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? When you submit to God and resist the devil, he's going to come after you. With worse fears, with more fire. But guess what? When they went to turn up the heat, the ones that went to turn up the heat, it killed them. But they didn't stop them from throwing them in the fiery furnace. And guess what? They were bound, Phyllis. Come on, some people try to bind you up to kill you. But they had a made-up mind. It don't matter which way it go, I'm going to still be with my God. So when they went in the fiery furnace, bound, the man said, the king said, I see a fourth man walking with them. And he brought them out, and they wasn't even smelling like smoke. So what am I telling you? When you do not submit to Satan, he's going to try to turn up the heat on you. But you're going to come out, not even smelling like smoke. But when you submit to him, he's going to make you think everything is all right. 
going back to the wife, <laughs> trying to get the husband. So that wife just is calm, cool, and collective. She's watching everything the husband is doing. And guess what? She, the man bring the pictures, show them where they was at, the hotel, motel, holiday inn, showing them everything. Pictures when he got out the car, when he got back in the car, when he left the office, everything. There it is, laying before him. So this is what the woman do. She go to the attorney. She don't go to the husband. Give the attorney all the evidence. Give everything that's going on. Listen to Miss Jennifer over there. <laughs> I'm stirring up something in you. Come on, let me deliver you. I need to pour all on her right now. It's bringing back something. See, God will bring some stuff out of you. Some of you probably shaking in your boots right now. So she go to that attorney, show all the evidence. Next thing you know, he getting divorce papers in the mail. Certified. What's this, baby? Open it up, baby, and see. So you didn't cheat on me, huh? Baby, you going to do me like that? Baby, you going to take everything I got? You already took everything. But the reason why I'm saying that to say all this, we submit to Satan for Satan to do what he do to us. We give him right. You give him the right to rule in your life, portraying sin. When you portray God, you are protected. It don't matter which way the enemy try to come. You are in the secret place. Of the most high. He wants you to dwell in that secret place. Some of us are not in that place because we're harboring stuff in our heart that we are not willing to let go of because we're waiting on somebody else to bow down to us. God said, have no other God. You ain't God. God wants you to show humility even when you're wrong, right, be wrong. You're supposed to show his love. We're supposed to love one another, not to have all this confusion, because where confusion is, the enemy knows there's every evil work. You're supposed to work together. When you come together, he's in the midst of you. Where two or three come together, he said, I'm in the midst of you. But you got to come together. It's seldomly you see people coming together, because somebody always want to be right. Instead of saying, you know what, let's just pray. Let's just seek the Lord. Because let me tell you something. When you start talking to people about something, something on the inside of you be turning. Y'all ever felt it? It's like a fire. It ain't the Holy Ghost. Don't blame it on the Holy Ghost. No, that's you. That's your flesh. You ready to knock somebody out. And you balling. All of a sudden, the room starts spinning. It ain't the Holy Ghost. That's anger and rage coming out of you. I ain't get dizzy. You done stirred up some witchcraft with your mouth. (laughs) So the Lord is saying, whatever you put out is what you produce. And the enemy is waiting on you to put out something so it can be produced in your atmosphere. Going back to the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. Remember now, these were evil people. (laughs) They had the same language, had the same speech. They had the same mind. They say, let us. They was ready to build a city to take it up to heaven. Why? Because Satan want to be high and he want to be exalted. So they come together to do all this. They were speaking the same thing. And God looked down and saw what they were doing. And God said, uh-uh, 
We got to disrupt that. Because whatever they have even imagined to do, being that they on one accord, they will be able to do it. So God came down and he interrupted that and he confused their language so they could not come together. Y'all don't get it? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the living God that's within you is supposed to do what? Raise up a standard. You know, we ain't raising up no standard. We're submitting to the devil. We're supposed to say no to these things that Jesus died for. We don't supposed to submit to those things. When they come to our house, we're supposed to let it know. You don't even supposed to be here. Get up and get out. You talking to me? No, I'm talking to the spirit you brought up in here. Now, you can be delivered today or you can stay in your mess. It's your choice. Remember, God give us a choice. We have the right to choose, y'all, whom we're going to serve. It's up to you to whether you want to live in darkness or whether you want to live in light. God gave us a will, y'all. That's why he put the tree in the garden. He said, I got to give you a choice for you to choose between good and evil. What did they choose? They chose evil. But God still loved them because he had a plan. God said, I'm going to always give you a choice. But in you making that choice, guess what God will do? He'll send somebody to you. And give you opportunity to turn away from what you're doing. God ain't going to leave you in your mess. Even though you made a choice for evil, God still sent the gospel in for your good. Y'all, it is time for us to check ourselves. You got to check yourself. We always trying to check somebody else. We always trying to say what this one or that one should do. We always say, you shouldn't say this or you shouldn't say that. What are you saying? Check yourself because let me tell you something. Whatever you're producing is following you. If you're telling somebody to quit lying and you're still sleeping around with somebody, come on, sin, no sin. Sin is sin. It don't matter if it's big or little or whatever it is. People feel that off of you. Sometimes when I talk to people and I'm hearing them talk about something else, I feel a blocker in between us. Why am I feeling that blocker? What in the world is going on here? Because I know some deception in the midst. Sometimes people say stuff to me because they believe that that's what I want to hear. Nah. Because I'm going to call it what it is. Don't be trying to deceive God. That's what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. They try to lie to the Holy Ghost. See, you ain't lying to me. You lying to God. So when I ask you something, you need to just go ahead and tell the truth because I'm asking you for a reason. Don't sit up there and lie when I already know what the truth is and you still lying. So that's deception. That's the enemy. That's what you're comfortable with, lying. But you can be delivered from that to say, God, sanctify me in truth because thy word is truth. God knew that all of us would fail at one point or another. That's why he forgave us a past, present, and future sins. This is why he gave us the opportunity to say, forgive me, so you don't give the enemy an inroad. Let me tell you something. Even me, when things happen in my life, I have to go back and bring correction because God, no. Let me see what she's going to do with that. I'm going to handle that. Because if I don't handle that, it's going to handle me, and I'm messing up my witness. I can't tell Jennifer one thing and tell Sister Niece another. No, God don't have no respectable person. If I tell her what the word is saying, I need to tell her the same thing. And it's no different. The word don't change. We shouldn't change. Some people think because certain people are by your side, you treat them differently. 
then you treat the other. Whoever walk with me, they're going to stand strong. I'm going to cut them down. If I see it, I'm going to call it out. Because we got to be on one accord. You can't walk with me and be against me. And if you're against me, you ain't walking with me. I'm going to say, uh-uh, sit that one out. Uh-uh. Can't have it. That's just who I am. Because when I do something for the Lord, I want to do it unto him the way it need to be done. I ain't trying to pacify nobody, y'all. Quit trying to pacify people to keep friends. The only friend you got is Jesus. And he's the only one that'll stick closer than any brother. If somebody asks you something, tell them the truth. If somebody asks you, am I a gossiper? Yes, you are. Better yet, let me give you a better word. You're a talebearer. Talebearer reveals secrets. Tell them what the words say. If you love them, tell them the truth. But God can help you get through that. Because you need to study to be quiet. Y'all, we got to be honest. Because when you're not honest, you're turning out like Satan. He's a liar. He's a murderer. He abode from the truth. There is no truth in him. You cannot hang with people that are not, that's rocking the boat. Give you an example. Jonah was running from God. He was in sin. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. Why? Because he knew God was a loving God. He knew if he preached to them people in Nineveh, God was going to forgive them. And he said, I want you to fry their behinds. I want you to kill them dead. So he ran from God to keep from delivering the message. But then he went on the boat and went down to the bottom. Thought he was going to get away. And the men on that boat was wrestling because it was in a bad storm. Jonah couldn't take it. Jonah said, if you throw me overboard, you'll be all right. So they had to get, y'all don't get, y'all. If you throw me overboard, the ship will keep, stop rocking. Y'all better start throwing some Christians overboard. Because the boat in the church is rocking. It's getting ready to sink. You got to throw these friends overboard. You don't even supposed to be amongst them. You're supposed to separate yourself. If you're telling them what the words say and they refuse to do what the words say, you separate yourself because you're putting them in there. You're looking like them. You can't save them by hanging with them. You're messing up your rep. If you want to continue to do what you're doing, then you do it. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. How can you? Ha- how can light and darkness mix? Can't do it. So if somebody is refusing to do what's right, you disconnect. You separate yourself. So what did they do with Jonah? You are out. That's how they were saved. Because Jonah had to get off that boat. But when he got off that boat and got in the whale's belly. Can you imagine being in a whale's belly? But he beginning to repent and cry out to God. Did he not? That still wasn't enough, was it? Because old Jonah was up under a tree. (laughs) Going through up under the tree. Wanted some shade, but still was stubborn. See, y'all, we still have stuff in us that we need to get rid of, and we refuse to get rid of it because we think we know. Light and darkness don't mix. 
So it's time to throw Jonah overboard and let God deal with Jonah. I'm going to say it again. It's some Jonas going overboard. You ain't going to drown, but you're going to sink. <laughs> you're going to go in the whale's belly. And then you're going to know that there is a God. You're not him. It's time to let people go who don't want to hear truth. Quit telling people you okay, you're not okay. Because God's word tells you what he hates. God's word tells you that. God hates sin. That's why he done away with sin. Not for us to keep on sinning. Quit trying to make people feel good and say that's going to be your husband and wife one day and it's okay for you to sleep with them. I got to read something. It ain't okay. Who told you that lie? The father of all lies. Anybody who tell you that you're saving, it's okay to sleep with somebody because you're going to get married, liar, liar, pants already on fire. They're about to blow up right now. I'm trying to help you put it out. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearances of evil. That means form, just in case you didn't know. Abstain for all appearances of evil. Do you know what that means? You don't supposed to entertain it. You don't supposed to be sitting among it. You don't supposed... This, this is what some people say. Let's just be real. If you're going to live an unrighteous life, just live it. Hello, somebody. Live it. Stay together. Just live it. Be real. But don't say... We're just living together but ain't sleeping. Ah! Don't say we're just living together, ain't sleeping together. Let me take off these shoes. They in one room and I'm in another, but you're lusting and the atmosphere is full of lust. You already done dipped in it. Because the Bible say when a man lusts after a woman, he's already committed. A, you know you want it. Just say you want it. Quit sneaking to get it. Be true to yourself. Some people looking at me like, what in the world have I got into? The truth. Truth. How can you allow sin in your house and fix the bed for it? Come on in, lay in my bed, do what you want to do, and you still say. It's time for change in the house of God. Ain't no way you can come close to God and allow that. Now there is a difference. If somebody don't have nowhere to go and you open up your home so they will have somewhere to go, God will open up the door so they will have somewhere to go, but not in your home. Amen. It's been 20 days and they're still in your home. Uh-uh. That ain't God. Y'all, the devil is sneaky. He's tricky. He's a trickster. 
you can't even turn on TV now without something coming out of the TV seductive. All, even cartoons. You what? Let me tell you my little granddaughter, that little Jayana. But no, um, Waltons. Y'all know the Waltons, right? Good family-oriented show, right? So I turned on the Waltons, and I love the Waltons. You know, it's a family-oriented show. So the mom and dad, they were standing up there, you know, talking to each other, and they kissed each other. Yana said, she closed her eyes, and she was smiling. She said, me, mom, my daddy told me not to watch that. I said, listen here, baby. You know, me and I going to break it down. You see them two people right there? They's married. So they can all they want. Because they're married. But no, you shouldn't be watching that kind of stuff, baby, because, you know, that's not good. That's not good. If you ain't married, that, that's not good. See, you got to break it down to these kids. See, because if you don't break it down to these kids, come on, I got to break it down. Because if you don't, they're going to take things the wrong way. You got to, they so young, but they know when you tell them something, they know. We got to live a godly life in front of these children because what we do is what they think is okay. And the enemy want to bring seeds up that are not right because he want his generation to be about death and not about life. So we have to let them know what I'm doing is wrong because I choose to live this way. But baby, this is not the way you live. God created male and female to come together as one in a marriage. We got to tell them the way the Bible say I'm living wrong because I ain't ready to do right. But that's not the way I want you to be, baby. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. We don't want to tell the truth. Tell your kids truth. Sin is sin. We don't just walk away from it and act like it's okay. In our homes, we're supposed to show the love of God, Christians, to our children. We don't supposed to be showing strife. Your kids know when you're in a bad mood. Because your whole atmosphere, even being silent, is full of discord. You can sit there and be silent. Don't say nothing. <laughs> hey. And the room tore up. God is saying, we put in the atmosphere what we want to put in the atmosphere through how we feel. Got another one for you. I said this and I said it again. When you got art with somebody, you take that art on somebody else because you ain't ready to deal with the somebody you got art with. And that person get all the fire. Y'all, if we're going to be real today, let's be real. It's all about him. It's not about us. And if we're going to be about him, we got to be about his business and we got to represent him. God is love. And that's what we represent outside of how we feel. He's not about shame. He's not about um, guilt. He's not about none of that. Quit trying to put yourself somewhere. God already put you where he wants you to be. Live that life. 
that he wants you to live according to y'all it's just a word i'm telling you y'all it's just getting into the word and doing what the words say why is that so hard because we don't want to let go of the world because when you get into the word the word will change you it will change your atmosphere it will bring life in your house we're supposed to stand for what's right your children will respect you for who you are. They know they can't come in your house any kind of way. Come on, Jolly Green Giant and Ariel back there. They know they can't come in our house any kind of way. Mama ain't going to like that. Uh-uh. No. Don't go down like that. And if they come in there any kind of way, they lost respect for me somewhere. And I got to go in my prayer closet and say, Lord, something ain't right. You got to tell me how do they lose respect for me in this area? Lord, deal with me first so I can go apologize to them. Nobody going to come in your house and curse and drink and smoke without you allowing it the first time. Come on, respect. When you have respect, you're going to respect those around you that know the Lord. You ain't going to disrespect God because you're carrying God. How can somebody come up in your house and cussing all the time? Because when you set them, say, look at here. That little potty mouth you got, you ain't disrespecting my God. You ain't coming up in here talking any kind of way. You welcome in here, but not that mouth. They'll calm right down. Because you stood up for what's right. You know what our problem is? We don't have on the whole armor. That's why we can't stand. The only way you can stand against the wiles of the enemy, he said, you got to put on the whole armor of God. You can't miss your helmet. Because if you miss your helmet of salvation, come on, the first thing you put on is the belt of truth. Sanctify me in truth because thy word is true. When you put on that belt of truth, you can put on that breastplate of righteousness because you know who you are now that you in him. It's because of him that you righteous, not because of you. Now you can take the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, but the belt of truth got to be hooked first for everything else to come in place. And then you can walk in those shoes of peace, presenting the gospel of peace, and they never wear out. But we don't put on our whole armor. Quit making excuses for what you do. Well, I, I did this because, because nothing. Just say you did it because you want to do it. Just say you slept with that man or woman because you want to sleep with them. Quit making excuses. I did it because I want to do it. You grown, ain't you? Quit hiding. Why are you hiding? Why are you hiding? Because sin hides. Sin hides. Sin ducks and dodge. Sin wakes to nighttime. God see you. He saw you before you committed the act. But he still loved you. So why is he bringing all this into place today? Because God is doing some shaking. Amen. And it begins in the house of God first. You can't go out and tell nobody something that you ain't doing yourself. Get into this word. Connect with God so God can connect with you. And as you connect with him, you would disconnect from everything else that don't represent God. I'm telling you. You will not be able to stand around people that is sowing seeds of discord, hatred, being angry, talking about people, putting people down. It makes you sick to your stomach. It gives you a spiritual anger 
that you just can't stay in the midst of it. And I guarantee you, the more you get out of the midst of it, they're going to leave you alone. You know why? Because you ain't representing what they represent no more. You're going to know who your friends are. Because once you turn away from that mess, either it's going to draw them or it's going to drive them. You got to come before God with clean hands and a pure heart. It's time now, y'all, to leave the world out of the church. It's time to come in the church and be ready to say, God, I'm ready to hear what you want me to hear so I can do what you want me to do. God, if the message is for me today, my heart is open. God, if I'm missing anything, God, show me today, God. Show me me today through the word of God, which is my mirror. I humbly submit myself to you today. God, I recognize the day that I've been putting things in the atmosphere that does not represent you, God. I recognize the day that I am a gossiper. I recognize the day that I have put out things that represent Satan, a liar, father of all lies. Father, forgive me of that. I repent. I recognize that I have been jealous over this person. I recognize I have unforgiveness in my heart. I recognize, God, that I want to be exalted, God. But you told me that you resist the proud. You give grace unto the humble. I recognize what I'm wearing. And I'm ready to take it off. Because I don't want to be this way. That's not who you created me to be. And I want to represent you. And I don't want to represent evil. God say, take off these grave clothes. Quit trying to be something. That God didn't create you to be. Everything God created y'all is good. Because he's a good, good father. So we're no longer in darkness. We're in light. And I'm saying this today. God want all men to be saved. And come to the knowledge of the truth. So today if you don't know him. As your Lord and as your savior. God made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. He made a way for you to come out of darkness and to come into the light. That way was made through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. If Jesus had not died, we would not be saved. But if he had not risen, we would not benefit from what he died for. We would not be justified just as we never sinned. We would not be made holy. We would not be made righteous. Jesus paid the price for our redemption. None of us could pay that price. None of us was good enough. There's no one that's good but him, God. And the goodness of God is what leads us to repentance. Don't think that this world can save you. Don't think that your good works can save you. Don't think coming to church and having a perfect attendance can save you. That's not what saves you. Jesus already saved you. You have to accept what Jesus done. You ain't going to hell for sin. You going to hell for rejecting him. Sin has already been dealt with over 2,000 years ago. Sin is what's not keeping you out of heaven. Rejecting Jesus is what's keeping you out of heaven because he paid the price for past, present, and future sins. So Jesus is saying today, come just as you are. You cannot save yourself. He's already done it through his son. Jesus Christ. That's just how much he loved you. Some of you trying to be perfect. You can't do it. Some of you say, I want to quit smoking. I want to quit fornicating. I want to quit doing all this before I get saved. Just go ahead and die. 
Just go ahead to hell. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you right now. Because you will say, I'm going to quit fornicating. As soon as that man whisper in your ear, or that girl or somebody walk in front of you with something on to tempt you, there you go again. You can't do it yourself, but with the help of the Holy Ghost, you can do it. Because the way has already been made. So God said, come just as you are. Quit trying to do it yourself. Have you not figured out you can't do it yourself? Some of us saved folks still ain't figured out <laughs> that we still can't do it ourselves. That's why he gave us a helper. His name is Holy Spirit. That's why we got to call on the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Some saved folks in this room right now, you're still in bondage to pornography. You're still in bondage to the spirit of perversion. You're still in bondage to pride. You're still in bondage to jealousy. And you're still saying, it ain't me. And until you recognize that it is you, those grave clothes will come off. The enemy is holding you in one or two of those areas. And you still refusing because you think you in your word so much <laughs> that if it was me, I would know. The devil got you so much wrapped up with you thinking that you more holy than thou that it ain't you. That's when it is you. When you say it ain't you, it is you. Because everybody in this room have an attribute that I called out. And it ain't nothing to be ashamed of. It's to admit it and quit it. And go through the word of God and work on it. So you won't give the enemy a foothold. So you won't give him a place and an opportunity to operate in your life. Quit using your titles. Because you got a title in a church to hide behind. That's where all the evilness is, behind these titles. People working so hard to get titles, to be seen and heard and attached to, they don't even see where the enemy have a hold on them. He's using you right in the house of God, and you don't even see it. So it's time to let go and let God be whom he need to be in your life. And the only thing you got to do is say, Lord, woe is me. <laughs> woe is me, God. I don't want to be the type of person that tells somebody one thing and I'm doing another. Y'all, my heart's crying out. My heart's crying out for, these, for people with strongholds in their lives. And they ain't even recognizing these strongholds and doing the same pattern over and over again. Aren't you tired of the same thing over and over again? You can't even um, get the word of God the way that the word of God is being brought because you got blockages in your life. So the word of God can't penetrate through because your heart has become so sensitive to the things of this world that you're not even hearing the spirit of God when he's speaking to you because you done made up your mind just like Pharaoh. But I'm here to tell you what happened to Pharaoh. They died. The enemy wants you to die in your mess. But God is saying no. This is why God is bringing these messages in this church. He's bringing it in here so you can take it out of here and help somebody else. Say, come out, come out from amongst them. Whatever you put out is what you produce. And that's what the enemy is holding on to. 
Let go and let God. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise.